here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Back again and happy to be here. Yeah, on the Dharmic Evolution. Welcome, everyone. You know, I don't talk about this enough, but um, there's two places on Facebook that you can find this show. And one is Dharmic Evolution. Just type that in on Facebook. But the other one is the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page, which I do talk about that one, um, truth be told. But um, if you haven't like taken advantage of that and you've been on this show, take advantage and put your content up there so you can get the support of other artists around the world who are doing the same thing you are doing. So if you have a new video, new song, uh, if you're playing a gig, which so many of you are now starting to fill up your calendar, I'm so happy about that, post it on the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page so you can get some support. And my friends who are author, speakers, and thought leaders, if you're doing a TED Talk, if you're appearing for a book signing somewhere, you can do the same thing as well. So please take advantage of that. And as always, go over to dharmicevolution.com and sign up on your favorite platform. We are now on Amazon Prime Music, along with 22 other platforms. And I gotta say, once again, my friends in India on the Ghana platform are crushing it with supporting this show. So I, I thank you so much for your continued uh, listening support. Today, we're staying right here in Nashville with this um, really surprising talent that I uncovered just recently. And uh, I just found this young lady on Facebook. I was so impressed with what she is doing. And, you know, this is, this is a really fun interview because um, she just launched her brand new song called Paris, which I love this song. You're going to love this when I feature this in just a couple of minutes. And um, she's been writing with Grammy-nominated songwriters, gaining national exposure on Team Blake as a contestant on NBC's The Voice singing the national anthem for the NFL Panthers, and as of late, having her brand new single, Paris, being featured on CMT. This lady is crushing it. So today, you better strap up your seatbelts, because we're taking a ride from the music city to the music city to feature the wonderful music of Teresa Guidry. Teresa, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be doing my first podcast with you. And you guys just missed it because we had a spider in the room and we <laughs> almost had to cancel the whole interview because of the spider. And Teresa was hoping her fiance would hurry up and come home with a big hammer and come in and kill it before we could, you know, get get thrown out of the room here. Yeah, I was in the middle of like a very deep um, conversation and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm sorry, there's a spider. <laughs> but we're okay, right? He left or, or she well, left? I mean, it is still somewhere in this room. So I'm not going to say that it's not on my mind, but I'm just going to try to <laughs> focus for this podcast. 
This is a this is a special week because we're celebrating your new release, uh, a record called Paris, which I fell in love with the first time I heard. So when when did this come out? Just uh, last couple weeks, month ago? Just... Um, it came out last Friday, actually. Wow. We released the single and um, the music video on the same day, and. It's just gotten a really great response and it's been super exciting. It's kind of been a whirlwind couple, actually a few weeks for me. And um, yeah, it's just really exciting. This is a project I've been working on for a while. So yeah. So serendipitous how that worked because I only I only met you like less than two weeks ago, I think. And uh, and I came across your music and, and your, your profile on Facebook and I reached out and I'm so happy that uh, we were able to get together because this is great timing. Um, the, the song Paris, uh, you're a little country girl in, from North Carolina <laughs> in, in Nashville now, right? So well, you're, you're technically writing... South Carolina, <laughs> oh, but South Carolina. I am right, I am right up on the border. So it, it's pretty close. So I'm from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Um, and it's like right up near Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, you just go up the highway for like 20 minutes and you are in North Carolina. So it's pretty close. Yeah. So so the transition to Nashville, let's start with that. Um, did you did you have like an epiphany, like when at a certain age and you just said it's time to go or were you planning this for a long time or like what was the what was the impetus that got to you to say, I need to move down there like for my music? Um, I mean, honestly, I had just been dreaming about it for a long time. I've loved music forever. I started playing the guitar and writing. I mean, I was writing since I was like a kid. It's one of those things that you kind of look back on and you don't realize you were doing that. But then I'm like, oh, I remember me and my middle school best friend made up a, a dance song called Twist and Pop It. And I remember being on the elementary school bus, uh, planning a music video with my best friend and coming home and telling my mom that we were going to jump off a waterfall and swim in dolphins. And so it's always kind of been on my mind. <laughs> but then when I picked up the guitar at 15 and really started writing, um, it really kind of started to resonate with me. And then the show Nashville came out when I was in college living in Charleston. And I would just sit on my couch in my apartment with like full body chills like oh my god i want to go to nashville i want to play at the bluebird i've got to go there um but at the time i had like a long-term boyfriend who had, i had kind of moved to that to charleston for that's where i was and i was so scared to leave that and i was 20 and at that time i just i don't know i just kind of said screw it. <laughs> I'm going to go. And you know, the relationship didn't end up working out. But honestly, it was all like meant to be it really was it was kind of one of those things. As soon as I got here, I just started meeting people who made it feel like it was perfectly made for me and that I was doing the right thing. And so I was 20 years old, I didn't really know anybody, I didn't have a job. Um, I kind of just walked around looking for serving jobs when I got here. And it was just one of those things that, you know, one event led to another, but um, I didn't question it when I moved here at all. It was, you know, it just felt really right. Yeah. Did you, have you had a chance to play at the Bluebird? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have a few times actually. And uh, it was kind of surreal the first few times, especially when I first moved here because um, my first apartment was kind of like right across the street from there. And so um, I would stand in line and like wait to get in there. And then you get in there and it's so much smaller than you think. Yeah. And, um, all the chairs have like plaques on the back of who sat there, like Taylor Swift and, you know, tons of people. And so um, 
Yeah, no, when I first moved to Nashville, I got to play there. Um, and I've played there a few times since. And it's just, I mean, it really is magical because that was one of the first places that I just dreamt about playing in Nashville. The reputation is far greater than the building size, right? Yeah, it's like in between like a dry cleaner and something else. Yeah, it, it? it's so surprising, you know, you, you know, because everybody talks about it all over the country, you know, and it's like, wow, that's it? That little tiny place, you know? But that's okay. It's a music that happens inside that's important, you know? Absolutely. So I want to ask you about um, the production on Paris because it's so great. It's such a good song and um, so well produced. Can you take us in the studio on how you guys built this song and who was involved? Absolutely. So um, doing this song, you know, I've had, I've been in Nashville for almost seven years now. And so I've had quite the, you know, run around with, different producers, different sounds, different like ways to approach it. And with this one, I don't know, I've, I've been here for almost seven years and I just wanted to do it right. I wanted it to really resonate with me. I wanted to find somebody that I looked up to. And so I kind of just shopped around different producers until I found somebody that I really liked their sound. And um, his name is Sam Hart and he had just moved here from California. And he originally produced like um, high ends, like professional Christian music like for the radio but like his sound was just so good that I was like hey <laughs> I mean like your stuff sounds great and so um he actually has a home studio out in like Thompson Station and um I drove all the way out there and when I first like kind of went down like the gravel road I'm like is this guy gonna murder me because <laughs> <laughs> Because it was like a long gravel road in the woods. And I'm like, uh, yeah, David, <laughs> turn on my location. <laughs> um, but no, Sam is great. He's like, he has a wife, uh, several children. And um, they're just like a sweet, sweet family. But um, our it's just one of those things where our energies matched really well. Like I could tell that he was really, he respected me as an artist. And he really like was listening to what I was trying to say. And he's super, super talented. He paid, he played every single instrument on the song and produced it by himself. And so like, he's just a really, really talented guy. And um, when we were in there, I mean, it was just kind of the thing that I showed him the song acoustically. And he was like, what if we changed, you know, the um, chord progression a little bit. And so we both like kind of met in the middle and that he'd be like, how about this? And I'm like, I like that, but can we change that one part to this? And then it was just one of those things where, um, you know, we just really went in together and fine tuned it until we both really were pleased with the sound. And even afterwards, you know, he would send me the song and I would, he had this great thing where I could go to a certain time and write a note for that part and he would be able to change that for me. And so it really was just like honing into what I really wanted this to sound like. There was no egos involved. He was really just like a great person to work on this project with. Yeah, sometimes uh, just changing the voicings on the chords, you know, like inspires you in a different way and takes you down a different path, you know. And rather than just stay with, um, you know, whatever the inversion was, you change the inversion or change your bass note or the inflection of the chord or, you know, the color of it. And it opens you up as the writer and the vocalist to say, wow, I never thought of I'll grab this note now when I'm singing, you know, and all these cool things start to happen, you know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like um, in the song Paris, at the very end, I kind of hit this big like 
grand belting note or I drag it out. And that was his idea. That wasn't in the song originally. He's like, what if we did this? And to me, that's what made it on the drive home. I played that back and it gave me chills. And so yeah. I was like, you know, it's just one of those things where you get in a room with someone talented and they can kind of look at it from an outsider's perspective. And um, that's the really cool thing about finding someone like that to work with is because, you know, you're kind of just like joining your minds and finding what works for both of you. And it, really cool things can come out of it that way. So. That is a rush too when you're when you're listening to playback on the way home, you know, and say, "Wow, yeah. listen to what happened to my song now. It's finally it's got it's taking on a, its own life, you know, a different Absolutely. life of its own." Um, now, you, we had talked earlier about um, you mentioned somebody you were co-writing with on this. You did you had a co-writer yeah. on this? Yeah. So um, my co-writer for Paris was a good friend of mine named Lydia Vaughn. Um, she's an amazing pop artist. She actually just got signed as a writer um, uh, with a publishing deal. And she um, she's just so clever. And we probably wrote this about four or five years ago. So I've had it in my pocket for a while. Um, but, you know, when you write with somebody and especially when I co-write with somebody it can go about all different ways you know we could just make up something random that day we could start playing the guitar and see what comes out of our mouth but that day I came in and was like hey I don't know what you were thinking about today but I have this idea and the hook of the chorus would be part of me wants this and part of me wants Paris and she was like got it and you know she's just so clever and um that day you know we finished the song and I felt so good about it and it was one of those songs that I would play out and people would be really receptive to would come up and tell me they loved it. They would love the way my voice sounded on it. And, uh, you know, I had, I had, like I said, it's been a few years since we wrote it. And um, so I had a lot of time to kind of dream up and visualize what I wanted for the music video and kind of fantasize about that. So that's why this song was, you know, my idea to, do for the next single because I thought it was such a visual, beautiful song, and I had so many, you know, hopes and dreams for it. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, tell me about co-writing now, Teresa. Did you have any experience with co-writing before you came to Nashville? As far as sitting um, in a room with people and, and working out ideas, was that was that the first um, experience with that? Um, no, so I didn't do it before Nashville, but like that definitely wasn't my first experience because me and her, um, had known each other for a while. My first experience was with, um, a lady named Jan Buckingham. She actually has written songs for like Tim McGraw and Whitney Houston. Um, I met her at an open mic when I moved here. It was like my third night in town and I was on my computer sitting alone in my apartment Googling open mics and I called an open mic and said, hey, um, do you guys have any more spots? They said, we have one more, you better get down here. And so I like <laughs> ran out the door, got there, waited all night. But you know, people who were playing the round before that were playing and there was a lot of talented artists. And so I sat there all night and um, this lady uh, sat down at my table and was like, how long you been here, honey? I was like, three days. And she was like, well, I'm a lucky penny for you to meet. How about you come to my barbecue this Saturday? I was like, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, she got on stage and there, this is Jan Buckingham. She's written for Tim McGraw. What do you use? I'm like, um, I'm going to the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went to the barbecue that weekend and um, she had actually over time taken a lot of young artists under her wing. And so it was really fun because I got to meet 
a lot of young artists and like actually a handful of them became really close friends of mine over the years. Like one of them, I'm still like best friends with to this day and all really talented. We've all written together at different times. And um, that was one of those just magical things that I moved here and I was like, okay, you know, this is supposed to be. Started started right at the beginning, right? It started the right way. That's that's really incredible. You know, that's that's a storybook thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I can't even explain to you how many, like, movie, like, plots have happened to me since I've moved to Nashville because there's been a lot. And, like, you know, I'd call back and tell my parents and they're just like, what? It, what is happening? Like, this is so weird, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's that's, that's kind of just, like, signs I took from above that I was, you know where I was supposed to be and this was the right decision to make to move here. Yeah, let's give everybody a listen. This is Paris. Wanna settle down With this other man With kind eyes and good heart and strong Wanna see the world Be a free girl With my side set on dreams and adventures He's perfect, I know it He's kind and devoted My heart is torn in two Don't wanna choose Play 
part of me wants this, but part of me wants Paris. <laughs> Such a great line. Um, you know, just, I mean, you can't write any. And that's the hook. I mean, it's just like it's, it's perfect. So how did we come up with that? Did we just, um, did we really, did that just pop out like at a writing session or, or did, you, did you tweak it and get it to, to, to that point? You know, a lot of like the hooks or ideas I've gotten from my songs are just like, I'm driving, I'm walking to work, I'm in the shower and I'll just like grab my phone and do a little voice memo. So that was one of those moments. I don't really remember when like that came to me, but I just know it was one of those things that like, like, oh, that's good. And like, you know, sing it into my phone real quick yeah. <laughs> so I don't forget it or whatever. And, you know, um, it was at a time with my actually now fiance. We just got engaged uh, like two weeks ago. Congratulations. Thanks. Wow, um, everything's we, happening to you this month. Like this I is said, crazy. It's, been, it's yeah. been the last three weeks have been just wild. I'm very tired. <laughs> I'm actually going to a bachelorette party tomorrow. I feel like, you know, I'm fully vaccinated now. And so I just feel like, you know, things are kind of taking off and I feel better about kind of getting out there again. But I'm like, I mean, it's been like a month of like just nonstop. I, I'm really tired, but I'm really happy. So, you know, can't complain. But um, so we've been together for a long time. I met him right when I moved to um, Nashville. And like I said, I was fresh out of um, like a long term relationship, you know, high school, college sweetheart or whatever. And so I wasn't really ready but um, he was just such a sweet, good guy. And so we kind of jumped into it pretty quick. And um, I, P Paris was kind of that point where I think I wrote it about like two years into our relationship where I was, you know, 22 and I was going through this pull of like kind of freaking out because I'd never been alone and um, not wanting to leave somebody so good to me. And so it was kind of one of those things where I just needed to like get it out. I needed to get it out on paper. But, you know, I was probably 22 when I wrote it. I'm 27 now. I feel a lot differently. I love him so much. I'm so lucky to have him. But, you know, at that time, I was really going through some things. And so that's kind of where the idea came from. Yeah, it's great. And it is, it is hard to pick up and, you know, move to a different state, a different city. The culture is different. And yeah. it, there's a kind of a learning curve to it, you know, to try to figure it all out. How did you do getting through the pandemic? I don't want to spend too much time on that. But how yeah. did you... How did you, were you writing? What were you doing with yourself um, to keep yourself uh, from going insane like the rest of us? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, the pandemic was a very dark year for the world as a whole, but it was kind of a healing year for me personally, because it was the first time in so many years where I wasn't uh, stressing myself out, working six different jobs, working jobs I didn't want to work. Um, you know, comparing myself to other people. I'm like, oh, everyone's getting ahead because, you know, everybody kind of had to pause at the same time. So I didn't feel like I was falling behind. I wasn't putting so much pressure on myself. So I kind of took the year to just like, I, I was writing and, you know, I got to save up some money and get into the studio, make plans for the music video. It was kind of just like a breath of fresh air for me. I got to really like strengthen my relationships with my now fiance and my family and my close friends and it was kind of one of those things where like everything on the outside was so scary that i had to find some sort of peace on the inside and you know honestly it, it was a good year for me i know it feels like wrong to say but you know it it kind of just gave my soul a break that it really needed
Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really have too much difficulty. I felt I had felt a, a overwhelming sense of empathy for People yeah. who were, um, you know, the type that go out every single night. Yes. <laughs> and being a podcaster, for me, it wasn't too bad because I kept plugged into, you know, songwriting and interviewing people and keeping the show going. And, and it was, you know, a perfect time to, to have that in my arsenal uh, because it, it didn't stop, you know, progress on that level. But so many people who, um, and I felt especially bad for people like in New York City who have a tiny little 500 yeah. square foot apartment. You can't go anywhere. Yeah, and that's absolutely. gotta like be, like be almost being in jail, you know? Like how many times can Definitely. you sit there watching TV? So thankfully we're talking as if this is in the past tense, which I'm starting to yeah. get the feeling that it is. Are you able to start booking gigs? Do you have gigs booked yet? Or are you looking forward to that? What's, what's it feel like for you right um, now? actually just booked my first gig for like the first time in over a year like it is wild to say that i have not been on a stage in over a year but that's just the truth of it i haven't and that is crazy but um so i'm playing this writer's round called 19 miles to music row um it is in franklin i believe but it's like a giant franklin's hot round. <laughs> it's so weird though because they take submissions and I think I submitted myself to them like over a year ago, like a lot, like maybe even longer than that. And I get a phone call like two days ago and um, this guy's like, Hey, Teresa. I'm like, first of all, who calls people? You called me the other day too. And I'm like, what's happening? Like, I feel like I'm manifesting some stuff. <laughs> and you something. picked up the phone. That was, yeah, I was more well, shocked that you picked up the phone than we, than you were shocked that who's this guy calling me? You know, it's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, lately, like I've been getting so many weird phone calls that are actually important. So I'm like, yeah, you know, if the, at the worst, if it's spam, I can just hang up. And so um, he was like, hey, Teresa, I know you submitted this to a while ago, but how would you like to come play June 1st? And I'm like, I would love that. But it's just so weird. But, but it's a huge, um, huge writers around like there's a giant audience, probably like I mean, it's just, it's nothing like no writers round I've ever played before. And so that's really exciting. And that's my first gig since probably like February, January last year. So, and, and what's it called? 19 miles to, to music row to music row. I go down to Franklin. Well, I love Franklin. Um, really awesome. So, so let's look at this now. You've got, you've got engage, you've got a new video, <laughs> a new song, getting invited out to play and what else did you win the lottery too did you say or uh, kind of i'm gonna be on cmt tomorrow oh you're on cmt tomorrow we didn't even get to that no. so how does one get on the cmt that is really killer and by the way i saw your photo with sarah evans love her uh, uh that was very very cool yeah great great photo by the way too thank you you know it's just one of those things it's like you ask me how does one get to cmt that is a question i've been asking myself for a long time and so the fact that like my name is correlated with them at all right now is like nuts like when i got the email from them telling me they were gonna feature my video like i cried with actual tears <laughs> you know i was like screaming little happy tears and stuff but um so in 2019 i went to a panel that cma was hosting and like i think anybody could go you paid like 10 bucks for a ticket or something but it had like different people like somebody was from the ryman somebody was from radio disney and like someone was from cmt and Leslie Fram, um, she's one of like the big dogs over at CMT. Like she's the one that's in charge of like um, CMT Next Women of Country. 
she is like a giant advocate for women in country too. And so um, they did their panel. People were allowed to ask questions and stuff. And then afterwards um, you go up and talk to them. And so I, uh, you know, afterwards I went up and this random guy was, I was like trying to get into the, cause everybody was kind of trying to talk to them afterwards. But this random guy was like, do you want me to walk you up and introduce him? introduced to them i'm like uh yeah i don't even know who this guy was to this day. Yeah. <laughs> i have no idea who he was um and he walked me up to leslie which i feel like made me look a little more official because i think she knew him and um i was like leslie um i love you so much i actually it's really funny i'd served leslie before at my old serving job that i used to be at so like i had actually interacted with her before but she didn't know who i was obviously i was just her like waitress at one point um but she was like I think she thought, you know, since I was with that guy, she was like, well, absolutely. Here's, do you have a card? I'm like, I don't have one on me, but I have an email. She's like, okay, just email me. Come start coming to this mentorship. And so I emailed her like the next day or something and sent her some of my music. And she was like, Teresa, like you have an amazing voice. Like you sound so good. Um, please let me know if you have anything else coming out. And that was in 2019. And so they started doing this mentorship where it was probably like, 15, 20 artists that were invited and we would go to the CMT building and each month there was something, something different going on. Like one month it was like the head of YouTube. And then like, we could all bring pen and paper and like kind of write down like, you know, what we should be doing with that and different things. And then, you know, obviously the picture you saw when one month it was Sarah Evans. And so that was super cool. And we got to like sit down, she was talking to us, we got to ask her questions. And, you know, it was just one of those things where I think I went for like three or four months and um, it got me some good connections over there. And um, the pandemic hit. And so, you know, that stopped. And it was just one of those things that like, I had this plan once, the song, I was kind of working on the song and the music video. I always knew I was going to reach out to Leslie since she was like a strong connection at CMT. She had been so welcoming to me before and that she, you know, had asked me to send her things. And so that was a plan of mine. And then Whitney Wallinan, she was the director of the music video. She, her company is top notch um, entertainment. And she like after we had filmed it, it said, Hey, um, do you know, Leslie Frem? Like I have a meeting with her this week. I was going to show her the music video. I was like, yes, like I was going to send it to her too. So it was just one of those things where Whitney kind of like hyped me up, told her about it. Whitney sent it to her. So she, and then, you know, after it was all done and, uh, Leslie was like, I love it. Um, put her in touch with us and then we'll show it in our music meeting next week. And then, you know, the next week after that, I was sitting at a bar after a, like a six mile hike with my friend. We were grabbing some lunch and I opened my email and I was like, ah! <laughs> because it was like, Teresa, we'd be happy to support this music video. And so it was just one of those things that was just kind of like domino effect of something I've been dreaming of for a long time. Now, just forgive me for a moment. I'm going to just walk over here and I'm going to put this record on my turntable here
Okay, so Red Wine, what a killer song. And I got to ask you, where did you get your, and I love playing it, you know, on an LP, on an old turntable. It's just beautiful. So um, where did you get your vocal influence? Who were you listening to as a young girl? And then, well, you're still a young girl, but, you know, when it first occurred to you to do music, what was pulling on your ear at the time? Um, As far as country music goes, Shania was probably one of the first... um, country I could music hear that. Yeah. women yes like a lot of people say oh you sound like her i'm like um that's a huge compliment i'm not gonna go take it that far but yeah. she is like my queen um but i grew up honestly like i wasn't raised on country so it was something i kind of had to come into my parents um were missionaries for a long time and so like a lot of our like my brothers and sisters were born in europe and my mom my dad's like more into blues and rock and roll he's a musician as well my mom's more into like Joni Mitchell and Stevie Nicks and so that's kind of all the stuff that I was hearing growing up and I love Joni Mitchell and Stevie Nicks still to this day that's kind of some of me my mom's favorite music to listen to together but um I mean like once I got into country like Shania I mean Faith Hill like all the big like strong like I don't know just idols like I was big voice like yes big voice um icons like they just had something to say their style was new they were beautiful like i just i looked up to that so much 
And um, of course, like Taylor Swift, when I was a teenager, she was a big influence on me because she was, I mean, she's a few years older than me, but she, you know, picked up the guitar, started writing by herself and that inspired me a lot. And so that's why, you know, I started writing in the first place. I feel like on the guitar was because I was like, I love that. Like, I want to do something like that. And so I would spend so much time in my room sitting there writing songs. And, you know, it was just one of those things where, I was inspired by a lot of different people, but it was, she was definitely a big influence as a teenager to pick up the guitar and start writing about my life. Yeah. How about um, day-to-day work habits? Um, Are you very, very disciplined? Like, do you follow rules um, for creating and like living your daily life? Or do you kind of, do you kind of do things on the fly? Like how, how was your day? How's a typical day for you? Um, I'd say a little bit of both. I would say that like, I feel like naturally, I don't tend to be more structured person. I can be a little bit more like impulsive and on the fly, but like I'm a Capricorn and we're super like hardworking, disciplined people. My dad, my sister, everything are too. And I find that I function much better in a schedule. If I wake up and I make a list of 10 things that I want to do in a day and I can check that off throughout the day, like that feels so good to me. I feel like my day is, um, kind of completed and just feels really good. So I would say that like, that's something that I've had to grow into. It didn't come naturally to me, but like, that's when I get the most done. And that's kind of when I thrive is that like, you know, I wake up, I, I go work out. I practice the piano. I do that. Like, you know, it's just something that I can check off my list that's when I think I do the best and but it's definitely not easy it's not something that's like oh I have so much energy I want to do all this it's just something that I feel like I have to get to the end of the list by the day and I can finally sit down and watch my shows on Netflix (laughs) (laughs) do you do you uh do you journal at all Teresa sometimes yeah. yeah my sister actually got me like a grateful journal um for Christmas and that's been nice to do yeah um in the mornings to write like three things I'm grateful for yeah. And that, you know, it puts me in a positive mindset right first thing in the morning. And um, I definitely, you know, I'm naturally a writer and I've always enjoyed writing. And so that's something that does feel good. It doesn't always happen, but it is something that, you know, I've definitely this year too been getting way more into like um, manifesting things, meditating and like kind of picturing what you want, making a vision board and all kinds of that, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, a few of the things on the vision board have happened already this year. So I'm like, maybe this is, you know, a thing. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I use a vision board every day. I have one of those huge ones with I use colored yeah. colored inks on it and have all kinds of different projects on there, you know, short, uh, medium and long term projects. And then daily and then right even down to like workout, like did I run? How many miles did I run? Did I push ups yeah. and sit ups to track all that? But like you, I like to feel like, you know, you keep chalking up wins. You know, I go to it, you know, many times during the day and say, okay, what's what's hot? What has to be done first? Yes. And then, you know, the, the other things, you know, I go, I, I put like a whole week on there usually, yeah. which is insane, but you start ticking them off. And I was out That's having, good. yeah, I was out having breakfast um, uh, in Leaper's Fork a couple of weeks ago and this... Young girl came come up, she's waiting on me, and I bring my journal every Sunday. And I just, you know, I just write, you know, 150 words or whatever on things that I'm working on. And she was so intrigued. She was like, what are you doing with it? And I said, it's just a journal, you know? It's like, 
and why do you do that? And I said, and I started giving her the old, you know, when you put pen to paper, something magic happens like you just spoke about. It's like yeah. if you go back and turn back six months or whatever, you start to realize all these things I wrote down, like 80% of them have come true. Yeah. And there's something really, um, s some kind of connection about that when you put your wishes in writing and, and not just typing, but really physically write something really cool happens. Yeah, definitely. So, so let me ask you about your aspirations for um, this year that's unfolding to be a much better year as far as, um, as, far as things opening up. And uh, what is uh, Teresa Guidry's, uh, you know, vision like for the net? Let's call it the next couple of years. Where do you see yourself going? What do you see yourself doing? And um, are you going to still be in Nashville, which I'm sure you are? <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as Nashville goes, I don't really see myself anywhere else for the you know long term. There's not really another. There's not like a plan B, or you know, I'm not planning my retirement or anything yet. So you know, this is kind of the spot for me. But um, for the next couple of years, I mean, I would love to see myself touring. I would love to see myself opening up for some big acts. I would love even to get a publishing deal. You know, there's all these cool things that are happening right now. I'm working with a PR company that's helping me kind of with the um, press release for Paris. And one of my big goals, and, you know, I used to th like not want to say stuff out loud, but lately I've been on to, you know, like we talked about manifesting. Um, right. But there's this show on Netflix called Emily in Paris. And it's like, you know, it was a big hot like thing last year. And I loved it. It's definitely like a girly watch, but it's super like, I don't know. And I watched it and this, you know, obviously I've had Paris in my pocket for a while. I was like, how cool would it be if I got my song on this show? And um, so that is definitely a goal for me right now. My PR company actually messaged me recently and said that they got the contact for like the head person who makes the playlist and they were going to pitch it to them. And so I'm like, please, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that would be such a big deal. The show is so cool. I mean, they just renewed, they started filming for season two. And so um, that's kind of something I'm really trying to manifest right now, because that would just be amazing. That'd be such a big deal. And um you know, I just want to get my music out there. I want more people to hear me. I want more people to know who I am. Um, but I want it to be authentic. I don't want it just to be like for cheap reasons. I want them to be able to like relate to my music and connect with me and um, connect with my journey here in Nashville because it has not been easy. I mean, we've talked about all the highlights on this podcast, but man, I mean, I've been like working my butt off for years and like a lot of side jobs, like doing things I don't want to do, serving, delivering vehicle. Like, I mean, it, I could probably name like 10 different random side hustles that I've been doing. And, you know, you get burnt out at certain times. I've had some really, really tough times here in Nashville. And so, you know, there's been a lot of peaks and valleys, a lot more valleys than peaks, but yeah. right now, you know, I'm feeling good, but it's just one of those things. I just want to be able to do music full time. I want to, you know, be able to stop with the side hustles. I just want to get to a place where I'm comfortable and I'm thriving and I'm doing what I need to do. It's, you know, working, but the kind of work that I actually love. So 
Yeah. What was the lowest side hustle that you had where you just came back through your head and your hands and said, what am I doing? <laughs> there must. Be... I mean, I've had them too. So, I mean, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. I mean, it's hard to say like lately as of one, I've been donating plasma. I mean, I'm saving lives, wow. but I'm also making a little money. So yeah. I'm a little bandaged up right now. That's what wow. I did before this. Um, I have bartended events and that's not a low, but I remember one time I had to bartend an event for a social media media influencers and that was one where that made me just want to like croak (laughs) (laughs) that was a pretty low for me i'm like please don't ever make me do this again i mean like there there's just so much stuff i mean like some stuff isn't so bad like a random side hustle i have I've had for a couple of years now is that like at five in the morning, I wake up and I teach um, kids in China English on the webcam. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Really, yeah, that is great. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing that for like two years now and I have students and so I miss Teresa every morning from like five to eight. Wow. And, um, you know, along with like my fiance works at a commercial truck dealership and he's like a fleet sales manager. And so they work with like, they were essential because they work with like, cargo vans and a bunch of stuff that's been needed during the pandemic for like medical workers and stuff. But some, you know, every now and then he'll call me and say, you want to drive? And, um, you know, I'll drive to Texas. I'll drive to Georgia and I'll like deliver a vehicle and drive back. And so like, that's a side hustle. I mean, like there's just, the list goes on and on and on. I'm telling you. Yeah. How did you get, <laughs> let me ask you about your teaching children, how to, how to speak English in China. Yeah. Now, how, first of all, how did you get that gig? Um, so a guy that I used to write with actually did that job. He lived in the same apartment complex at me as me at the time. And I would always see him down in the common area on his computer at really weird times. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he was like, it's really strange, but I actually teach kids in China, like English at these times. And at the time I was kind of like stuck in a really like bad pattern of like serving from like 10 to five, like five days a week. And it was just draining me. And I just hated my life and I needed an out. And so um, I was desperate and I was literally like, well, Hey, will you send that to me and I'll try it out. And so he sent it to me and um, I took a course TEFL, which is like teaching English in a foreign language and got my little certificate. And Um, It just ended up working out. You know, they hired me and it was something that let me get out of serving five days a week. And I mean, it it doesn't pay a lot, but it let me not solely rely on serving. It made me free up my schedule a lot. So it was kind of one of those random things, but it really changed my routine and really changed like where I was mentally at that time. So how do you communicate with the, they obviously speak some English, right? Yeah. Already. Oh, okay. Oh, they're so smart. They're so smart. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. And they, um, like the, the only ones that really don't know anything are usually like really, really young kids. And sometimes that can be kind of challenging. Cause I mean, they truly have no idea. I'm saying even if I'm like, hi, hello, like they have no idea. Um, but English is like mandatory for them to learn over there in school. And they're in school for like so many hours a day and they're coming home and their parents are like making them take more school. And so wow. like, they're just brilliant, brilliant kids. And like the ones for, I mean, I would probably say from like seven years old and up, are pretty fluent. So it's kind of just like tutoring a normal kid. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Um, you will never, certainly never, ever run out of things to write about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, given your history. Like with the struggle. I mean, like, you know, that's the thing too, that makes me really proud about the release with Paris is that it came out so like, so perfectly how I wanted it to. And that like, truly no, like, 
not that no one helped me in the sense of like on the project, but like financially, like I did this by myself. Like, this is my, like, I didn't have anyone backing me. I don't have anyone paying for like my promotion or my PR or like, you know, it, it just, I've worked really hard for it and I'm still working. And it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, people might get ahead of me in the game, but a lot of people haven't worked as hard as I have. So. Well, I always say that it's, you know, it's not just the talent, it's the work ethic, the dedication and the perseverance. Like, you know, all the things you described, like all these, these horrible, you know, or, you know, challenging circumstances, you you have to really, you have to muddle through it, you know, to get to, you know, the opportunity. So, yeah. Well, listen, as we're winding down, um, I would just like to ask, and of course, everything will be in the show notes, all the links to everything Teresa Guidry for anybody who wants to follow and should follow and check out all of her um, wonderful things that are going on in her career. Please do so. And Teresa, in closing, I'd just like to ask you if you have any words of wisdom, anything you want to say to the many people that are out there that follow the Dharmic evolution and, you know, the place to find out about great indie artists is right here. And um, even if it's for young people trying to get, uh, figure out how to start or just anything you would like to say to the audience uh, as we say our goodbyes. Um, I mean, as far as like young people knowing how to start, I always felt like everybody who had made it like had some sort of in, they had some sort of connection, their parents had money, like they had something above what I had, but truly like, it's been, you know, I might be a new artist to the world, but I'm not a new artist to myself. Like I've been working at this for a long time. I've been wanting this, I've been praying for it. And it's just one of those things that you kind of just have to do it. Like I moved here, I truly, like my car barely made it to Nashville. Like it was such a crappy car. You know, it's just one of those things. It's like, you just have to do it. And like right now I'm kind of in a high place in my life, but this always hasn't always been it. So I would say that, you know, it's definitely going to be challenging. It's going to be a journey. But if this is what you truly feel like you are meant to do, then you just have to do it. Like, don't wait for the circumstances to be right because they never will be. You just kind of have to go with the flow. And if you believe in yourself, just keep going. Because, I mean, if you won't do it for yourself, no one else is going to do it for you either. So that's how I feel about it. Awesome. Teresa, it was a pleasure to have you on the Dharmic Evolution. Really enjoyed this conversation. I love your music, your voice, your songs, everything great. And uh, just want to wish all of God's blessings on you, your family, and your music moving forward. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that you had me on. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate you having me on. Well, what did you think? Great music or what? I love that song, Paris. And Red Wine is is no slouch either. Really, really good music. Hope you guys enjoyed our visit today with Teresa. Check out all of her links in the show notes and on the website. And speaking of the website, um, I just released my new book recently called Seven Steps to Freedom. And it's also on the website on the main page, dharmicevolution.com. And if it's not something that you are enamored with or you suffer from, uh, please forward it to somebody who is suffering from depression. It was written for that purpose to help people out, especially in this dire time where people have really struggled and suffered loss of all kinds. So I would appreciate that. But on another note, I'm not going to close out the show today with Ride On. I'm closing out the show with a special 
uh, tribute since uh, Teresa featured her song Paris. There's a reference to Paris in this song. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, I'll see you from the stage, but right now it's time to tango on. Virgin at a JFK London into Paris Now we're on our way But we don't need to do The tango, baby We're in Paris What sense would it make? Now we can talk it over In quiet whispers in the Louvre Got a feeling we should make another Tangle, tangle on The tangle's all about the trust You'll be there for me and I for you Tangle on and on and on and on Tangle on and on and on and on Tangle on Hey, let's fly down to Buenos Aires the pretty senoritas tango right out in the street Hey now I'm dancing with a black sombrero And a bright red rose I got it clenched between my teeth You know I never mind the blood and the thorn I just love to watch your face Every time I sweep you off your feet Hey, but if we get all tangled up We'll just tangle, tangle on The tango's all about the trust You'll be there for me and I for you Just
tangle, tangle on The tangle's all about the trust You'll be there for me and I for you Tangle on and on and on and on Tangle on and on and on and on Tangle on We'll just tangle on